Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Here, welcome to church, everybody. Everybody online, welcome, welcome to church. Everybody in the foyer, everybody that will watch this over the next few weeks, days, and years. Hey, um, uh, some of us um, decided to wear, or we get to wear poppies, and it's uh, reminding us that an incredible price was paid for freedom. We've been watching different uh, movies uh, that have um, um, war themes these days. And if you don't understand that we are currently engaged in a, a battle of epic proportions for freedom, if you don't get that, much of what's around us will not make sense. But if, if we get that, we'll understand that the big battle is unseen. And we only see little ripples physically of what's taking place spiritually. And so it's so important today that we understand the nature of the battle and that we ask the Lord, how do we fight? It it, it can be easy to get pulled out, engaged in a battle that he's not initiated. Every time he led the Israelites into battle, they won. The times that they didn't listen and just went off and started fighting, they got hammered. So it's so critical that we know the battle we're in, we recognize who the enemy is, and largely the, the, the enemy, of course, the battle, because it's unseen. Uh, for many of us, we have to be asking the Lord daily, Lord, what do you want us to do? And what is our response? And sometimes we all know that, that speaking in tongues is a gift of the Spirit, but holding our tongues is a fruit of the Spirit. So we got to be aware, just really aware more than ever of the specific battle we're called into. I particularly have been thinking about um, the movie Black Hawk Down recently, and um, uh, based on a true story, Mogadishu, the rescue. And this, this became so clear to me, as, as just as an opening comment for the sermon, um, the commanding officer asked uh, a young soldier, um, to do something, and the young soldier replied and said, I've been shot. And the commanding officer says, we've all been shot. If we think we're the only ones that are taking a hit these days, the fact is everybody's taking a hit. We've all been shot. The question is, how are we gonna get healed? (laughs) It's not how are we gonna avoid the, the shots. They're coming fast and furious. We've all been shot. Um. So I want to talk a little bit about, about that today, and I think I have a word for a church. And I'm taking a little different, little different spin on the un- unseen world, but most of us will know that the Bible says that those things that are seen are temporal, but those things that are not seen are eternal. And the really important things we can't see, they're unseen. And he said, in order for us to understand the realm in which he's invited us to be part of, the kingdom of God, he said in John chapter 3, 
that unless you repent, unless you're willing to change the way that you think, you won't even be able to see the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is the unseen realm which you and I are meant to function in. And um, so um, storms, they don't last. But the word of the Lord lasts forever. I want to just give you the best thing I can, can today on how to, be, how to know what to do in these days. And I want to talk to us uh, today about a kind of an interesting um, practice. And uh, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 2. This is the coffee book. Hebrews. Thanks, Sarah. Everybody else is so serious. So serious. Does anybody know the difference between plaid and tartan? Plaid's my favorite color, by the way. Whole front rows, kind of. What's the difference between plaid and tartan? I don't know. Google it. I don't know. I don't know. I like to think it's a bit, bit of my Scottish background. No, that's Cockney accent. Sorry. Um, the word of the Lord, chapter 2 of Hebrews. So we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard or we may drift from it. That's a New Living Translation. We must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard or we may drift from it. There's lots of drifters these days. They're, they're drifting from words that they have heard. When was the last time you heard the word of the Lord? When was the last time you had a personal word from the Lord? When was the last time the scriptures spoke to you so loud and so clear that something inside you shook? When was the last time that you took a word from the Lord and made it personal and you wrote it down and you said, I'm going to commit to live that now? This is, this is the challenge that I have for us today. Um, what can happen, uh, the next passage I want to read is chapter 3. He says, um, verse 6, I think I'm going to read. But Christ, the faithful son, was in charge of the entire household, and we are God's household is if we keep up our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. That is why the Holy Spirit says, today you must listen to his voice and don't harden your hearts against him as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested God's patience in the wilderness. Hard times can create hard hearts. Hard times can create hard hearts. Because what we'll tend to do um, is we'll tend to start to move out of our own impulse and emotion rather than take a moment to listen to the Lord. Today, if you listen to his heart, don't harden your heart. He says the result of hardening our heart is rebellion. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little personal uh, work with us as we get into this today about uh, letting the word speak to us. Um, <clears throat> If you resist change, you resist growth. Um, success is likely less to do with hard work and more to do with priorities of work. Where will our best efforts and energy be focused for the best outcomes? When we read the word of the Lord, it's meant to adjust our hearts. Don't harden your heart. It's meant it's where, where, the, where God speaks to us. What happens um, to us because God is a heart God and we are heart people, is that we begin to act out and behave the way that we believe. 
So we eventually become what we believe. You're all results of your beliefs. But when we come to the word of the Lord, what he wants us to do as we're reading scripture is wants to adjust our beliefs to his truth. That process is dangerous because we like what we like and we don't like to change too much. We would prefer to look into the scriptures to find the places where they agree with us and ignore the rest. Am I the only one that's like that? I find it difficult sometimes being confronted by the word and uh, what it does, we're told in the end of chapter four, it says that it's powerful, the word of the Lord is powerful and it's living. Uh, So if it's powerful and living, what's taking place when we interact with it? Something life-giving and something powerful. So I, um, I have, a, I have a, a GPS on my phone like everybody does now. And I'm driving someplace. I wasn't sure where I was going, and I put the GPS on. And it said this. It said this. It said, I'm in my car, right? I'm alone in my car. It says, take the outside two lanes, then turn in 200 meters, turn left. Now, I looked around. How did they know I only had two lanes? How did they... What's going on? But it's kind of okay because we believe in the unseen world, right? I didn't see what was going on. I was taking an instruction from a pretty little girl. I don't know where she was from, but she's telling me what to do, and I'm obeying. That's amazing to me. Am I the only one that, like, do you completely trust your GPS or are you a bit suspicious sometimes? No, 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 I'm going to go over that boulevard, and I'm going to go here. I know where I'm going. You don't know what you're going. Honey, take the outside two lanes. She even knew where I was driving. Um, I have, I have a, I'm so happy I got my new tartan shirt. And I, I, there was a little M that used to be here. Has anybody ever went with those invisible sizes on their clothes? I can walk around for a long time before. <laughs> Rich, you do it all the time probably. You, still, you got one there still on you right now. Everybody else sees the little M or the L or the XL. They see it, but you don't see it. This, this thing about the unseen world, I mean, we're comfortable with certain things that are unseen. You're happy that your television signal gets through somewhere by Bluetooth or somehow, and it's really like stuff's going on. And we see such a small portion of it because the light spectrum in which our eyes are able to uh, focus on stuff is pretty small compared to what's really going on. And if we could see what's really going on, we'd probably get completely weirded out. When you look in heaven, that throne room scene in chapter 4, it's just like the bar scene in Star Wars. It's like weird. And the creature has eyes everywhere. Are there, are, was there leftover eyes that you're just like... <laughs> does anybody ever... I sometimes just laugh and say, okay, I'm moving on. I don't know. Right, and the wheels with the wheels in Ezekiel, and you go, you know, and then heads are turning, but they're not moving, and they're going up and down, and you go, what the world? This is the Bible. We read and believe and follow, and sometimes it's just really, really, really wild. Um, so I want to talk about hearing God's voice. And um, when you read through the book of uh, Hebrews, you do find that in many times it's a book of evaluation. I think the word better is used 13 times. So there's something that's better has come. But he's also saying if you'll hear the word of the Lord, if you'll hear that word and don't harden your heart, what word's he referring to? Because he's not referring to the New Testament. He's, what word is he referring to? So when we look at this, I'm just going to talk to us about a process of hearing God's voice and how important 
it is for us. And I think that um, um, it's easy for us to miss sometimes the truth that God's trying to say to us because we live in a very instant culture that wants to move fast. Regardless of where we are, regardless of where you are today, there's more. There's always more. And if you want to grow, we grow by words that are proceeding from the mouth of God. We don't live daily by physical food. Sorry, we don't live spiritually by physical food. We live on spiritual food. And so, we, we're, and so that's, this is why you should, you should underline that word that says, today you must listen to my voice. What's he, what, what day is he referring to? What's the time frame he's referring to? Now. Now. This morning, if you came with an open heart, what will happen when your hearts are open, your eyes get opened. If your hearts are closed, your eyes will be closed. Because God speaks to our heart. Your heart is a doorway between your soul and your spirit. And he says that it's possible for us to harden our hearts and not hear what the voice, what the Lord is saying to us. That's possible. That is incredibly frightening for me. And there's been times when I think, Lord, when was the last time you spoke to me? Like, to me, about today. When was the last time? And when I can't think, like, it's been, hmm, it's been, hmm. It honestly really concerns me because I think, oh, I got, I'm getting a hard heart because I can't hear his voice. A hard heart is like when you've worked, I used to, uh, on the farm, we used to shovel grain. And once you've shoveled grain all day, your hands get all calloused. I mean, and uh, sometimes they blister first and then the blisters break and then you get calluses. But a hardened heart is like a calloused heart. It's not, uh, it doesn't mean it's not alive. It just means it's thick and resistant and not interested in hearing a word that will ultimately should bring rest. Um, I just want to look at this a little bit longer. <clears throat> because what can happen is this, unreal, un, this unseen real transaction requires patience and process. We're in an unseen battle right now, a spiritual battle, but also a viral battle. Can you see COVID? I can't see COVID. You need supernatural, shouldn't, sorry, physical. You see the spiky, ugly beach ball with little suckers on it. And no, but I mean, when we're walking by people, we're wondering, right? And they scoot across the sidewalk and, who do I have cooties? No, you've got other things that we can't see, but we're just going to assume that you've got them. And it's... Th- what an odd time we live in. Am I right? <clears throat> um, Jesus said in Luke chapter 8 and verse 10, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. A mystery is a secret that's revealed through a process. doesn't mean it's not solvable. It just means it's revealed through a process. It's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. How many times have you read through a passage and it's actually left you more confused? than before you start to read. You go, well, what's he, huh? What's going on there? What that is, that's an invitation to go deeper. What, and, and, and another invitation to go deeper is, a, is when you see a contradiction. Because truth is revealed in paradoxes. And if you only see one side of it, you won't, get, you won't understand the truth because it's manifold, manifold, it's, so when you see, so he says here, today if you don't harden your heart, but has anybody ever heard of a guy named Pharaoh who hardened his heart? You go, what's he saying? Why is, how is that even possible? 
And it even says that the Lord would harden his heart. And that's, that's a mystery. So when you see a contradiction like that, because the Bible doesn't contradict himself, and the Lord is not schizophrenic, or bipolar, or whatever. He's not. So what does that mean? Does that mean you just throw up your hands and say, I'm done? No, the invitation is to go deeper. That's what it is. And, and what we don't like is the work it takes to mine the gold from Scripture. We just assume it's sit on the surface. We don't want to do the work. This process is a process of sanctification and transformation that takes place on the inside. It's not an intellectual process. But it requires our intellect to make it work. So, so I think that it's important that we understand that, first of all, the miracle that God speaks Another miracle is that we hear. And the greater miracle is that he speaks, we hear, and we obey. That's the greatest miracle. Because he can speak, I can hear, and I can choose not to obey. Is that possible? Absolutely. It happens all the time. In fact, what I do, when that happens to me, when I don't want to obey, I'll make up an excuse. I'm the only one that ever done that. I'm the only one. So how does, that, how does it work then? How, how is it possible when God tries to speak to us and it can do one thing to one person and one thing different to another? Uh, it's because the same sun that melts butter hardens clay. It depends on the condition of your heart as you approach it. And if you approach it, see, the way that you came to church, if you came to church today and said, okay, I'm expecting the Lord to speak to me, you know what will happen? He will. If you came today and decided, I'm not going to listen to a thing that happens there, you won't. It's your choice. It's completely your choice. I don't want to do it. Those people that raise their hands and worship. Well, you wouldn't do that outside, but it happens on the inside, these little dialogues, right? I tell you, those people with their hands in the air are getting lots more out of it than maybe you are. It's such a personal, isolated... So the, and, and, and here's how we tell, here's how the only, listen, the, you, we were designed to have a relationship with the living God. He wants so badly to have an ongoing relationship with you. One of the, ba- the two most clearest determining factors of your relationship with the Lord is your time in the Word and your time in prayer communication. And what happens to me when I'm in the Word, it leads to prayer. Because you begin to now pray back the things that he's asking so what happens when I read this? So you're reading through the scriptures, and all of a sudden you come across a passage that, says, passage that says, today you must listen to his voice. You go, yeah, yeah, of course. And then you keep moving. But then he says, don't harden your hearts against him. I go, well, yeah, those Israelites, they had such hard hearts. Oh, and there's people, uh, ha, guy on the road today, he had such a hard heart. Those people in IGA, ah, oh, those hard-hearted people, those politicians, so hard-hearted. But he says, today, if you will listen, and you don't harden your heart, it's about you and the word, right? Jesus was the word. This is an interaction with the word. How powerful is the word? How powerful is Jesus? This is interacting with the living God, if you're interested. So, uh, it'd just be nice. What happens, I'm so tuned to that little vibration. Aren't you all tuned to the vibration? Wouldn't it be nice if like the Lord had like a notification for you? 
Just a little, just even a little bing. So when you're reading the scripture, you know what happens to me is I'll get a little bing. Well, it's not physical. So when he says today, you must listen to his voice. And I go, okay, whatever. You read a little further, get to verse 15, but never forget this warning. Today you must listen to his voice. Don't harden your heart. Okay, I get it. Read a little further, verse um, chapter 4 and verse 7. Today you must listen to his voice and don't harden your heart. Okay, 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 what are you trying to say? I'm trying to get your attention. This what is, What's that? It's a bing. That's a little notification. I'm trying to say something to you. So now what do I have to do? I have to stop and say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? It also says, it's, it's, this is a, a, a quote from Psalm 94. Not the first time. So when God says something once, it should be enough to get the bing. This is like three times in two chapters. It's like a buzz, a bing, and a little taser. No, it's like he's trying to say something. So what do I do now? I want to take you on a little journey. Um, have you heard of the word Lectio Divina? Anybody heard that? Do we have the word? Lectio Divina. This... Uh, means specifically, it means divine choosings. Uh, it was, it was uh, named and, dis- and discovered by and or practiced by the founder of the Benedictine monks, St. Benedict of Nursia in the 5th century. And it was designed specifically to develop a closer relationship with the Lord. Lectio comes from the word lego, and we all know what that means. Little plastic things you step on in the night. Uh, Lego, it means picking or choosing. And it was practiced by the monks in the monasteries for centuries. And what it, what it uh, effectively means is reflective, holy, slow, deliberate reading of specific passages, which is why it's divine choosing. You pick the passage. Well, actually, I ha- tend to believe the Holy Spirit picks the passage for me. And so what happens when you're reading the Word? All of a sudden, something Begins to stand out. Not maybe even in your head like it did here three times. Bing, bing, bing. But something else a little more subtly. Well, that's interesting what's going on there. And it pulls you in. Now, this takes time. But can I say that these days, when there's a million other voices, the primary voice we need to be listening to is the voice of the Lord. You'll spend hours in front of, on screens watching stuff. But the invitation today is, will you spend that same amount of time in the scriptures? It's a little bit more, more work because it's not pre-digested like news is. It's went through a whole bunch of other forms of distortions. And it's incredibly biased. The word of the Lord is pure. Pure and eternal. And doesn't change. And it's forever settled in heaven. Our role is to settle it on earth Lectio Divino, is, it, it, it's like where you pick a word, a phrase, a sentence. It's a you pick. You bite it, you chew it, you digest it, and then you feast upon it. And it's a form of praying that immerses you personally in the word. It's kind of uh, four steps. Read, reflect, respond, and rest. Uh, that's what the Benedictine monks would do. And they'd spend hours doing this. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if you, anybody would be interested and allowing the word to speak to them in a brand new way, in a brand new form, by just taking some time every day in a very specific place with your favorite scripture 
and a piece of paper, because once he begins to speak to you, it's so important you need to write it down. When I write it down, it seals the moment that just took place. And then I start the next day by looking back at what he said. Why? Because we forget. Read, reflect, respond, and rest. We don't just read the scriptures. We chew them. We meditate on them. We study them. I've told the staff this week, I said, I read the word until it begins to read me. So when you're reading through the Bible, as you begin to read it, um, you know, as you're reading it, it begins to then read you. And it starts to create a mirror for you. And it starts, if you're interested, and a process of transformation takes place as you look into the perfect law of liberty. It begins to happen. You can resist this at any moment if you want. You can stop the process at any moment. Can I just say how critically important it is today that we be listening to the truth so that we have a bing when we hear error? And there's lots of it. James chapter 2 and verse 19 it's not enough that, like, because I think, the, I think, I think that the, the devil has decent theology because he knows the scriptures. It says demons believe and tremble. It's not enough that you believe the word. We need to obey the word. It's the only, it's the only way we're going to get through the wilderness, and we are in a wilderness. So instead of believing and trembling like the demons do, we need to believe and obey. Um, I don't have a clock. I usually just check when I turn the page. I mean, I got the time. Look up? Okay, that's okay. Um, okay, let me, let me just get into this. Uh, two, two more quick points, then an application of, of sorts, and then a sub-point, and then a long conclusion, and then an altar call. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's, there's tweaks in the process where um, when the word begins to unfold in front of us, um, and you can do this in, in groups as well if you want to take the word and read it and then listen and then you can do respond and then get people. You can do this in a small group if you want. But, but for me, I have my specific place and then I have a bird feeder out front. Well, what happens in the bird feeder is the squirrels try and eat the bird's feed. Uh, I have a pellet gun for that. And, um, but what I'm always doing is I'm getting rid of these squirrels from stealing the bird's feed. So, so, what happens, so what happens when I'm reading scriptures? i got to contend with the squirrels. Has anybody else, this, this, this is about as empirical evidence that there's a real enemy. Uh, when you sit down to read the scriptures, there's a distraction. Maybe it's not squirrels you've got to shoot. But there's all kinds of stuff, right? I turn on a little bit of music. Have my, have my, I have some commentaries, but I prefer contemplation to commentaries. And I got a notebook, and I begin with this process. And, uh, and I come to the Bible a very specific way. I thank the Lord for speaking to me today from his scriptures because I believe they're powerful and they're transformative. So I don't say, Lord, please speak to me today. I say, thank you for speaking to me today because I need your word today. Today, if you won't harden your heart. Today, I need his word today. Um, so as I'm reading through this, and, and, I, and I go through it once, and I go, okay, today, whoa, today, whoa, today. That's three todays. Uh, that's a lot of work. So what I do is I take that scripture. Sometimes I'll write it out, and other times I'll just sit there, and I'll begin to ask questions of, because it's living. I'm having a dialogue 
with Jesus, the living word. I'm having a dialogue. Now, I'm asking him questions. And this word today bothered me. I mean, it's pretty, pretty basic, right? If you understood the Greek word for today, it would be today. But I was trying to get away around that. Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to listen or not, because I wasn't sure what was next. And so what I had to do was I had to make a confession. Um, and, and this is most of the time where I'll start. When I read this where it says today, and, and then I go, mm, and I get a little emotional inside of, uh, Lord, forgive me for not wanting to hear what you're trying to say to me. When our hearts get hard, we can't hear. It says what happens, listen, there's a danger of every, any one of us entering into a place of rebellion right now. Whatever that might mean to anybody. I'm not referring to rebel news specifically. I'm just saying. No, 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 but I'm saying that what can happen. Here, what leads to rebellion? Not hearing his voice today. And it can be, become like a spirit. And pretty soon everything now looks, the grandpa used to say, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So what you'll do is you'll start to think now that everything, this is all going out out here, unless you're willing to have your perspective changed. That's called repentance. So then I say to the Lord, forgive me for my hardness of heart of not wanting to hear your voice, because at that moment i got to decide, is what he has for me good or not? It's always good. God's good. All the time. So I begin to read it, then I pick and choose, and... Or sorry, I, I don't pick and choose. I say, okay, Lord, let your word now speak to me. And it says, don't harden your hearts. Now, now our, our hearts are interesting things. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll talk in just a second about how to soften our heart. But, but there's a danger in hard times that we end up with hard hearts. It's not that the truth isn't real, but it just can't get through to our hearts. It says in Jeremiah, your word is like a hammer. I don't want him to use a hammer. My heart? So, so then I sit with it for a bit. I, a number of years ago, I came across this phrase, the Lord came to speak to Adam in the cool of the day. I think that's cool, the cool of the day. But you know when the cool of the day was? Unless you, so now I'm sitting with it and I'm asking questions. I'm saying the cool of the day. I want you to speak to me in the cool of the day. By the way, when is the cool of the day? Because the coldest time is usually at sunrise. So when's the cool of the day? Well, so you look a little further and you realize, oh, the, the, the cool of the day is referred to later in Scripture as um, the ninth hour. You go, how interesting is that? And then you look a little further and you say, what happened in the ninth hour? So you start to look and you say ninth hour. So what is the cool of the day? The cool of the day is called the evening oblation. It's time when sacrifice took place. Well, no, that's interesting. But I still don't have a conclusion yet. I haven't entered into rest yet. I'm just reflecting. Wouldn't you know it? Luke chapter 23, verse 45, it says, Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour when Christ was on the cross. Evening sacrifice. And then you go, is that the only time that word, ninth hour? Well, if you look in chapter 10 of the book of Acts, it was about the ninth hour Cornelius had a vision of an angel. What was about to take place at that point? The entire Gentiles were about to be released. And later on, um, the, the, uh, he, tells about, he, he explains what took place at that time. It's interesting to know that the evening oblation in 1 Kings chapter 18, the evening oblation apparently is about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. In 1 Kings it says, when Elijah called down fire onto the altar, it was the evening oblation. What does all that mean? I just think it's cool. 
I wonder if he's waiting for all the Baal, Baal's prophets to like play themselves out. And he said, time's coming. Evening oblation, time of sacrifice. Fire's going to fall in the sacrifice. I just think it's interesting. But that doesn't happen just reading the word. It happens by soaking, studying, meditating, reflecting. And the biggest part of that is just repenting and confessing, saying, Lord, I don't think I know what I'm about to read, but bring it alive to me today. I need it. I need your word. I have a place, I have a posture, and I have a priority. And I, reading through Kings, this has happened to me so many times. I read it through Elijah. Uh, he's, he, you know, he's, he's dealing with post-message syndrome, PMS. And he's in the, uh, he just went and delivered everybody the, um, y- you know, uh, he went through this great mountaintop experience. And then he's go, ducks into the cave dealing with a little bit of um, depression and the earthquake, fire. And then the voice, and it says this, where are you, Elijah? So I, I just put a line through Elijah, and then I start to write, where are you, Lord? And as I begin to personalize this, this I think the Lord said this so many times, because where you are determines what you're going to see. So where are you? Am I hiding? What am I hiding from? Lord, forgive me for hiding. You've called me to be a warrior. Why aren't I stepping forward? What am I doing stepping back? When we need to step up. Oh, by the way, will you give me the words to say when I need to step up? Because I'm not sure what I'll say if I step up. By the way, if I step up, what happened? Where are you, Lord? I'm, here I am, Lord. Send me. And it becomes a process of prayer and repentance and integration. And now it becomes part of me. The, um, the hardest part for me is to listen with my heart and not my head. After all this... I take what the Lord has said, and I walk it off. And as I'm walking, and I usually walk and pray in the Spirit, as I pray in the Spirit, because what I do, I've detached my tongue from my head, I've connected it to my spirit, and now my spirit is praying. And now all of a sudden, where I've got this outline by my time with the Lord, he starts to color it in. And then he begins to remind me of what I can do next with this. This process is the incarnational word of the Lord, where the word becomes flesh. And it's a lot of work. Can I just encourage you to say this? The work is worth it these days more than ever before. It's essential for us. Um, we're all being transformed into some image. And, um, and because we become what we believe. And there's all kinds of voices And so when I come to the word of the Lord, I have to silence all these voices and deal with all the squirrels. Here's what can happen. Culture can speak pretty loud to you. Did you know that? Did you know that guilt is a pretty loud voice? Whenever anybody's kind of come, you look at the scriptures and and it says that you're amazing, you're powerful, and then all of a sudden condemnation starts to speak. You want to know how loud the voice of shame is? It's like blaring. It's loud. But, it, but in terms of us un- uncovering our true identity in Christ, we have to put aside our personal reflections of ourselves, because we always have two relationships with the Lord, where we are now and where we're, what we're becoming. And often when God speaks to me, it's about who I am called to be. But many times people look at you like you are now. And those people don't deserve to have a big voice in your life. What you need in your life is people who can see where God's calling you to and being able to call out your destiny. This is what we do with our kids. Yeah, 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 maybe you're, maybe, but we, we need to be able to look at them and say, 
uh, you're going to be a great voice for your generation. We have to begin to, right, which is essentially, that's prophecy. But first of all, we got to get the word of who we are, what we're called to be, what we're called to become, and we got to get that word from the living word. And that requires a process in which we're, and, and silence the other voice, the voice of media, the voice of culture, the voice of our past, and it's heart work. It says that um, he'll instruct us in the way we're to go, Psalm chapter 32. Let me just quickly get to this last point. Um, it, it, did anybody notice when I read verse 7, it says, this is why the Holy Spirit says today you must listen to his voice and don't harden your heart against him. How, how many things were just happened right there? Like a lot. But the first thing that I notice is, he says this, this is why the Holy Spirit says, this isn't Mr. Hebrews speaking, whoever the author might be, probably Paul. He says, the Holy Spirit's saying this. Anybody interested in hearing the voice of the Lord, hearing the Holy Spirit? Here's what he's saying. It's right here. Here's a word from the Lord for you all. Don't harden your heart today. Because when we harden my heart, what does it say we do? Here's the outcome. It says, don't harden your hearts against him. You're not hardening your heart against your wife when you don't listen to the voice of the Lord. You harden your voice against the Lord. That, that our hearts could even be hardened. Now, Holy Spirit, I need your help right now. Like, I, I really need it at the beginning. I really, really need it now. How many of us would be willing to say that our hearts have gotten hard? Don't put, don't put up your hand yet. Because hard times can create hard hearts. And then we just come out swinging. It's so easy when somebody, because it feels like a personal attack when anybody comes against our certain perspective or opinion. Listen, if you need a heart in your heart against anything, let it be like CNN or something. Don't harden your heart against the Lord. Be, right? Right? I mean, we have an enemy, but it's not the Lord. Amen. So we're given the direction and we're given the time. And if we're not careful, we'll make excuses. Guard your heart. One of the ways we guard our heart. What happens when our hearts get hard, the word glances off it like Teflon. We need our hearts softened. This morning I'm praying for soft hearts. Because hard times can harden hearts. I'm praying for soft hearts today. There must be a surrendering of my limited perspective so I can gain his unlimited perspective. I have to start by acknowledging that I need help and that I only see in part and he sees completely. And for me to go through that exchange, I have to lay down my previous perspective and my previous opinion, my previous point of view, so I can pick up a higher one. If I don't, it says, what happens if I test the Lord's patience? And, and it says, their hearts always turn away from me. And, uh, and the result is, it says, they will never enter into rest. Listen, I so desperately need rest these days. I feel like uh, emotionally and spiritually and soulishly and fleshly, I feel, I feel I'm running out of gas. Do you know what I need? I don't need, a, I don't need a quit. I need a rest. And how do I get a rest? He says, the end result of the word of the Lord speaking to us, if our hearts aren't hard, will be rest. You'll find rest for your souls. A hard heart is simply an unteachable heart. 
A hard heart is an unteachable heart. How teachable are you today? How teachable are we today? Honestly, are you willing to set aside a perspective that you've had and are entrenched in to say, Lord, maybe I'm not viewing my neighbor just the way, like whenever I read that, you know, love thy neighbor, and he's playing like Metallica at three in the morning. I go, whoa, wow, what, so what next? I know what I want to do, but what do you say to you? You love him. Gee, how do I love him? That process, that's agonizing. As long as, as, long as the word's in, in agreement with us, isn't that awesome? That's so convenient. But what about when it confronts us? Because it says that it's quick and powerful, and it actually can judge the intentions and the motivations and the attitudes of our hearts. That's what the word can do. I'm going to pray for hard, soft hearts in a minute. Joshua meets Jesus in chapter 5, and he wants to know whose side he's on. Joshua thought he was the first in command. And he said, the Lord came and said, I'm not here to pick sides. I'm here to take over. You wonder which side the Lord's on? He's not taking sides. He's here to take over. He wants to be Lord of every decision, every inclination, every attitude, past, present, and future. So you can't go back and get a new beginning, but you can start where you are and create a brand new future. My only thing I got to say today is, are our hearts soft enough to hear the word of the Lord? And are we taking time to hear the word of the Lord? And if you feel you've got a hard heart, I want to pray for you this morning, because what happens when I feel hard-hearted it's, agonized, it's, it's painful for me because of the confession and the repentance and the, I like, you know, my own perspective of stuff and I hate giving it up. And, but, but surrendering is the beginning of softening your heart. And then you let the word wash it. And then you let the oil of the Holy Spirit soften it. And then you eventually come to this after you've been through that place of repentance. Lord, forgive me for my hardness. Forgive me for, for my uh, stubbornness. And eventually comes to this. What do you want me to do, Lord? What's next, Lord? The only step that's important in your life is the next one. Sometimes he'll show you the path, but usually he'll just show you the next step. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I know what your, my step was yesterday. What's my step today? I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to pour out fresh oil on hard hearts. Would you stand with me? There's something in this word today for me. There's, a, there's like a, an imperative today. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.